Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, details emerge at how things ended between Orlando Brown Jr. and the Chiefs, comparing the legacy of two legendary local coaches. Special guests include C.J. Moore, Nate Taylor, now two guys who start every morning with an ankle grab and a cheek spread, Dusty Likens and Alex Gold. Wow. Good morning to you as well, Nick. Good morning. We're on We're on before 10 o'clock as well. We wanted an extra couple minutes with you guys today. Make so the most not? of them, boys. Why not? I mean, you wake up Friday morning with a cheek spread. You better be ready to go at 959, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was not ready to go. You were not? Uh, clearly, no. he almost said choke's instead of coaches. Yeah. I, I caught that. Well, I... I, I we start the show at 10 o'clock every yeah, you're, day. Yeah, you're not. 10 o'clock every day, boys. If you throw off his schedule by 35 seconds. That's the thing people don't know about me, man. It's all about the details. I plan my whole day down to the very second. Mm. Isn't that weird how guys can do that? And this isn't me being <laughs> sexist, you know. Um, but you know how, like, guys can lay in their bed until, like, 721, knowing it only takes six minutes to shower knowing it only takes four minutes to clothe and then get on the road and you make it to work every single day. That's just like a guy thing, man. Yes. Like, I know for a fact I can set my alarm for 6.30, hit snooze, and it's nine minutes. Hey, you, know, you know how much you can push it. Like, oh, well, yeah. I know if, minutes, I, if I do this just a tad yeah. quicker, I can, I can be fine. And then I know gonna, if I leave yeah. at 7.31, crap, we're going to be late. <laughs> if I want to eat an apple in the morning, I got to wake up four minutes earlier. Oh, apple. It takes exactly okay. I four. something different. <laughs> Four minutes earlier. Oh. If I want to eat a bowl of cereal, that's eight minutes. You guys still eat oatmeal, by the way? Have you ever ate oatmeal? Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course I've had Ugh. it before. Cinnamon oatmeal, growing up, Get I out used, of town, to, eat, I used Charlie to eat Brown. that quite a bit. Now, I haven't had it. Maple, in... apple, or apple cinnamon sugar, yeah. or like maple. Yeah, the yeah, cinnamon flavor is great. It's been probably at least six, seven years since I've had oh, it. Oh, no, I've had one in the last 12 um, months. But I, uh, growing up, had it all the time, man. Good source of fiber, you know, good source like of protein. Oatmeal? What's wrong with oatmeal? It's just the mush. Okay. Like, my family used to be really into the show. Well, they still are. Big Brother. And, like, one of these things is if you, like, lose, a like, a, a competition or something, you go on this thing where they have to eat slop, and it's, like, oatmeal. And, like, I just... Yeah, it's not the most visually appealing food, but... And one time, this lady came into a Red Robin where I used to work at, and she couldn't chew. Yum. So we had to puree her entire meal. Wait, wait, I'm wait, talking cheeseburger... That, hold on. I understand that there's some people that cannot. It's the it's the texture, chew. man. No, that people can't properly chew. You you're telling me there's people that go into restaurants though and, and ask the restaurant to puree their food. Look, I've understood man. like if you live at an assisted living facility or something, and that, like, mm-hmm. that's what you got to do. At a restaurant, people will ask you to do that. I've never lied to you all or the okay. text line. I did nine one three five eight six seven six ten. I didn't know that was a thing. She came in and she got a cheeseburger, fries, and a half cup of water put into a blender into a bowl with a spoon, and she smiled like she just won the lottery. How many teeth did she have? Zero. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, that part's not what I'm – I'm just more amazed that someone would go to the restaurant and you guys would do that. For Shout you. out to the toothless community. The guest is always right. That is the narrative That's of true. the restaurant industry, That's boys. That's true, man. What's going on, everybody? It is Friday. We got Dusty Likens, as you can tell, yep. uh, filling in for Cody today. Alex Gold, Nick Schwert with you. And, yeah, looking forward to some guests. Michael Massey's also going to join us. Sometime later on, final hour and a half or so of the show, he's white hot right now. Mm. Some power numbers, hurt his ankle. The I other think we day, just say though. hot these days. I don't think you say white why hot. Can't, why can't I say that? PC. Uh, yeah. What? Hippa. Yeah. HIPAA. What? 
No, just, he's just, right. That's just, actually super offensive. What? Or use something else. Just, he's, he's stove hot. Any he's other, magma any hot. Any other color. What? Any yeah, other you color. Just, you just, just can't, can't say that. can't say that, man. What? I want you to do this show for a long time. And I'd love to keep doing it with you. Huh. But you just got to say hot. Okay. I agree. If you want to keep working in this city, you got to nip that in the Clean bud. it up. Clean it up. Interesting. Yep. Mm. I mean, you don't say he's purple hot. Yeah, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just hot. I mean, I literally heard it on a play-by-play call for a sport for a basketball game two nights ago. But thank you. Well, maybe in a different part of the country where that's acceptable. Don, Don Imus used to do basketball commentary. Now he's dead. <laughs> but that's that's not well. Like that. yeah, that's, 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 those aren't necessarily related. Well, his career died before his body died. But either way, they're both oh, dead. Oh man! What By did he way, say? What was the term that he used against for the Rutgers women's basketball team? Not gonna uh, say it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah not gonna it. say it. Yeah. Why would you ask us? To well, you, you can, can fish, say it. Hey, you, you can, can f- say the no, term. That's no, the way not, he applied I, it. I'm definitely not. You can fish it. in that pond all you want, short, but it ain't happening today. You ain't well, gonna get a fish. Two of the words aren't even like if he's if I said headed. Nope. You can keep going. I'm not. I'm not. Not dancing on that floor, buddy. And Nick, you, I'm sorry, I, I miss. I forgot. Actually, can you tell me exactly what he said? I've totally forgot. Nappy-headed something. Mm, uh, okay. Text line real quick. It, it wants to know uh, how hungover <laughs> Dusty is today. You said you weren't hungover yesterday. Are you hungover? No, today? man. No, man. I, I, t- it was a school night last night, right? Well, that doesn't prevent. That doesn't stop you. Yeah, it does. You at school? Well, in college, Thursday night was when when man, I got rowdy on Thursdays in college. I don't know what it is. You guys know that, right? Like. I don't know what person went back in time and just was like, Thursday's the night you party in college. But it was always that way. Well, because you feel the weekend coming and might as well just rip the bandit off. And maybe Friday you only have one class or something. Well, that was the thing. I remember I sat down with like, what do you call those people? The uh, counselors, not counselors, but the advisors. And they're like, all right, let's put your schedule together. Here's what you need. Here's where you stand credit wise. How do you want to do it? And I was like, Monday through Thursday. And she's like, oh, you just want to go to Pine Street and party. <laughs> I said, ma'am, that's none of your damn business, what I do with my schedule. I actually work during school. And she just completely, you know, ghost-faced it and was like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you had a job. I'm like, yep. Yeah. But then it was every Thursday night, 7 o'clock, happy hour, bar 9, Pine Street, rock and roll to Ayatollah. You know what I mean? I don't know how it was in Mass Street. That's probably way better than it was Mass in Warrensburg. Mass Street incre- is incredible. Yeah, Mass Street's fantastic. Yeah. Did you ever hear that Delaney Walker story he's told about Warrensburg, about Pine Street? No. Oh, man. You'll have to tell me a little bit later, man. Yeah, no worries. you have to tell me a little bit later about that. A little bit later on the show, Nate Taylor yeah. from The Athletic going to join us. He had an interesting piece uh, on Orlando Brown Jr. We know free agency opens up 3 o'clock on Wednesday, but really Monday, Tuesday, legal tampering window. We're going to get a lot more clarity on his situation. And he dove a little bit deeper on how the negotiations differed from a year ago to where the Chiefs are at now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, a couple interesting parts of it. For example, at one point, Nate Taylor highlights uh, the negotiations and says, quote, once again, the Chiefs entered contract negotiations last week with star left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. And once again, the two parties felt like they were miles apart on agreeing to a contract extension. Went on to say, Brett Veach and coach Andy Reid are still interested in signing Brown to a long-term contract. The team's decision significantly speeds up the process towards a conclusion for both parties. It's pretty simple what it sounds like, Dusty. They wanted clarity. We're, we're done with this back-and-forth negotiation, not having a definitive long-term answer, answer at left tackle. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty clear based off of some of those comments and what Nate Taylor clearly has heard from inside the Chiefs organization. I truly think they actually would like to have Orlando Brown Jr. as a long-term answer left tackle because they want a long-term answer right. at left tackle. But, hey, if we're miles apart, like, 
we're, we're not doing this year by year crap anymore. And I feel like that's why they didn't tag him, not just because they didn't want the cap number, but they wanted to truly set a deadline. Like, if we don't get this done Monday, Tuesday, or by Wednesday at three, then we're, we're out. We're, we'll go explore other options. Yeah, I think the interesting part about Nate's piece is that, you know, the Chiefs are always going to hold majority of the cloud in the conversation, even when it comes to a prime position at left tackle. Now, luckily, they don't ever have to worry about one at quarterback, but they can just keep going with the, where they're going with that for the next 10 years and be successful. But with Orlando Brown Jr., it is to the point of annoyance, right? It's like, I don't want to compare it to being like in a relationship at the start of a relationship, but it kind of is that way where it's like, hey, at the start, honeymoon phase, everything's nice. And then you get to like, you know, move it into with each other. And it's like, hey, you do certain things that I don't like. Let's kind of fix this. Let's try to like make this work for the long haul. And then a few months go by and you're still not getting to that point. And you're like, you know what? Maybe it's just better that we just, it, it just doesn't work out. Cause we've tried everything. We've been going through all this. It's better to just, you know, maybe let you be somebody else's issue and I'll be somebody else's issue. And that's what it is with Orlando Brown. Plus the whole agent thing's weird, right? Like a first time agent first year, last year, that part was a little murky in the waters. And then you move on to this year. And it seems like Orlando Brown is using his position as a focal point of like, you need to pay this position because it is a prime position in football. But the problem is where it falls short of that is you're not a prime person at that position. And I think that's what the chiefs carry. And I think it's the opposite of what Orlando Brown carries. And as we all know, at the end of the day, the NFL is a big business and this is a big business type of move, you know, business, business. And this is twice in 24 hours. Hey man. And so the thing is, is that like when it comes to this side of it, it does get a little ugly. You know, the, the conversations that happen inside the four walls don't really come out until after the situation is completely cleared from its original standpoint, which you remember the Bob Sutton stuff, right? Bob Sutton. You never heard a bad word about Bob Sutton inside the four walls at Arrowhead. The minute Bob Sutton is gone and fired or whatever you want to call that situation. It was like, well, during halftime, Bob didn't really adjust and he wasn't really in the same page with the players. It's like, okay, here it comes. And this is just kind of part of it. But again, Orlando Brown is not one of the top four offensive linemen. So he's not going to get paid like those guys. He holds his character that he wants to be paid like that. And the chiefs know it. They're sticking to their guns and they're like, Hey man, we're not doing this every year. We're not toe tipping around. Goodbye. So I, I think he'll get paid that way, just not in Kansas City. Like we, we see, and he knows that. Yeah, and we, we just see this all the time through free agency. Guys get overpaid. I mean, that is really what free agency usually is for the for the top market guys. And if you're looking at available free mm-hmm. agents, Orlando Brown Jr. is at the top of the list. It's it's weird. Sure. Just, and we've we've talked about this when 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 Cody's here a lot about how we look at Orlando Brown Jr. The way he's discussed at times, you would think he's a terrible left tackle. Like he's a he's a bottom five left tackle. He's mm-hmm. obviously not that. There's a there's a gap between being the best left tackle and where he is, no question. I'm not arguing that. He's the eighth, ninth, tenth best left tackle maybe in football that wants to be paid like the best second or third. And so that that's the gap. But he is still a top ten ish left tackle in football. But yeah. that's why and people so talk going, about him the way they do, right? Is because Right, which is and I'm not saying that she we're should be talk paying about him. you relative yeah. to what you think you deserve uh, to get paid. No no question. But we see guys that are t- 10th best, 8th best at their position, get paid like number two or number three all the Daniel time. I mean, usually, <laughs> and it usually hurts the franchise when yeah. you do that. Uh, so I, I have no issue with how the Chiefs are playing this right now. But I, I also think, you know, was it yesterday? Joel Corey had his projections of what he thinks the Brown mm-hmm. contract. We mentioned that briefly on the show. Yeah. And he said, you know, four years, 94 mil, 23 and a half million per year, 62 and a half million guaranteed, 51 and a half mil 
fully guarantee. Like, I think there might be somebody out there that's going to pay him that. Not I mean Kansas City, but I would not be. I don't think we should be surprised if he signs. We're like, wow, someone actually gave him pretty close to what he was asking from the Chiefs because that kind of stuff happens. The other part, though, from the Nate Taylor article over at the Athletic was, all right, what are the possible replacements, Dusty? And he lists four free agent replacements, and then he lists a handful of guys that would have to be traded for or acquired in the NFL draft. So mm-hmm. the, the free agents, these are names we've discussed. Uh, Donovan Smith, who reportedly is getting cut by the Bucks, a veteran, yep. uh, usually durable, but did have injury issues last year. But he's on the you know he's on the other side of thirty. Taylor Juan, well documented. He's tweeting at the Chiefs with the eye emoji. Mm-hmm. Guy's got some bad knees. Bad Isaiah Wynn, <laughs> kind of a bust of a first-round pick, was a late first-round pick. Screams type of Brett Veach move, though. Right, that's exactly right. Yeah. I get that. Um, and then further down, you go to guys that are going to be probably top 10, 15 picks in the draft this year. Yeah. And so that means what? It means out of those 10 picks you got, are you willing to package multiple picks to move up from 31? They moved up from 31 to 21. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But Paris Johnson Jr., I think when we've done some of these mocks and Nick has given us the, the mock draft sounder, Paris Johnson Jr. has been a, a tackle out of Ohio State that's come up. It also mentions uh, Broderick Jones mm-hmm. out of Georgia and then uh, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. We know they, they've had a track record of some Oklahoma guys here. Recently. Yeah, what they get now they have what total, like 12 com- with the compensatory picks? They got three of them, so they had nine, so they have, a, they have 12 picks now. And, then one of the, and one of the comp picks, pick 100, yeah. is, goes right to the Giants for so they have So they have 11, right? So we know one thing. Brett Veach is a wizard in the draft making moves, finding people that maybe you'd be like, huh? Like, I don't think a lot of people had Karloftis and the Chiefs or Veach kind of, there might have been some, or even maybe a McDuffie, right? And then it's just like, it seems to work out. So a majority of us could lean towards like, well, Veach has 11 picks. It's, you know, he can move up. Houston picks twice in the top 12, right? You know, they're going to take a quarterback. So then it's like, okay, they've got some flexibility with the uh, with the 12th pick. Could the Chiefs move up there? You could probably get a good offensive lineman there because just like your fantasy drafts and just like the NFL draft, once one position goes, there's kind of a, like, it'll go, it, there's a it'll, run. it'll go QB, 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 D end, D end receiver, receiver, receiver. Then it'll be like left tackle left. And then, then you can get in that sweet spot. Um, I don't know if that's where they go. I know there's, you know, articles that have been written. There's, there's opinions where it's like, I think now with Orlando Brown and, and even hearing this, you know, Nate Taylor stuff, they're, there's the relationship is over. It, you don't have to spell it out. Like it is, is officially. So I, I actually don't think so. That's you where think you hope? and I differ a little bit. I, I still think uh, I said earlier, like 25% chance it gets done. I think it's like a 20, 25% chance that they still could come to terms. If you're not going down at all. I went down to 20. I just yeah, kind of 25 before, to 20. Before, yeah. Yeah. Where were you at? You were at 10 or 15 earlier in the week. Are you less than that? Yeah. I think I'm at like a 7%. Because I, the reason why I haven't gone down as much is. I didn't expect, like, after they didn't tag him, I didn't think we'd be sitting here on Friday and they just have a long-term deal but, done. It's going to clearly go right up until the, the league year starts. I, if I they think get I'm getting done. hung up on the term mile, still miles, miles apart. Still sure. feel like they're miles apart. Yeah. So the only way, the 7% I'm reserving mm-hmm. is for the chance that he goes out on the open market, talks to some other teams, and they're all telling him the same thing the Chiefs are, which is, ain't no way we're paying you that, which I don't think is going to happen. Like you said, Gold, somebody will pay him. Yeah. So if I think somebody's going to pay him, then fair enough. I think it's pretty unlikely he's going to wind up in KC. So if I think the other part of this is if you're to assume that the Chiefs are doing this because they want a long-term answer, right? That's something they've been pretty firm on. They want a long-term answer at left tackle. Wouldn't that tell you that they would be inclined 
to do whatever it takes to go and get their guy in the draft. Well, also look at the names we just mentioned. Free agency. Does any any of those make you think long term option more than one or two year stop? I mean, Donovan Smith. Look how old he is at this point. Like he's a one or two year guy. Maybe uh, Taylor Wan is maybe you can get through a year. Isaiah Wynn. Not really sold on him being your long term answer. So yeah, Nick, those free agents to me are guys you think you can sign for one year and then while you go and draft a guy. But some of the names that are mentioned in the Nate Taylor piece, not like Paris Johnson Jr. You can just sit at pick thirty one. He's going to fall in your lap. If you want Paris Johnson or some of these other guys, you are trading up at top least 15. into the teens. Yeah, probably You're, top fifteen. I mean that that look, and they they have the draft picks if they want to do it. They they can get there, but it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be cheap. Not I mean they moved up. What was it? Uh, nine seven spots last year. Seven, seven spots. And it's and, important to remember that is the earliest Brett Veach has ever yeah. picked in the draft during his time as the GM. Would they do it twice in a row? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think that the fact they did or did, let's say they did or didn't do last year, I don't think changes how they would view trading up again this year. Why don't we just not play with a left tackle and just <laughs> add a receiver, or another tight end? Like, you know what this is? Kinda, just let Blake Bell play left tackle and go out for passes. You know what's kind of interesting about this is it's it's showing us one thing that when they traded for Orlando Brown Jr., we were like, okay, this is clearly their commitment to having a an ace left tackle, an ace offensive line, and there's still a commitment there, but they are telling you that, hey, we may be worse at left tackle next year. And that's... Oh, I think that's real. That uh, falls, that's my expectation. And that falls more in line with our long-term plans than it does to overpay. Huh. Because if we're better... If we... Let's say we pay Orlando Brown Jr. Okay, we've got that position taken care of. Well, what if he's not that good? What if we're overpaying and then two years from now... We're in a position where we have no financial flexibility to build around Patrick Mahomes because we're overpaying this guy who's not yeah. that good. It's a weird spot to be in. I've said it a couple times. Like, People shouldn't be surprised, though, if all of a sudden we're sitting here and saying, man, actually, that Orlando Brown Jr. guy was actually pretty damn good. Mm. You know what? He was actually good. Now, again, you don't not arguing to pay him top-tier money, but might be sitting here and be like, you know what? Orlando Brown Jr. played a lot better than we thought. This kind of sucks now having this at left tackle. As long as you have faith, which there's no reason not to have faith and Brett Veach in this front office that they can then eventually find the long-term solution. Because right now, everything they touch has is, is, is been golden at this point. Free agency, they haven't handed out really many bad contracts. And the draft, we know 21, as Bink will tell us over and over, 21 to 22 picks. Yeah, I think it's just weird that it's interesting how the Chiefs don't necessarily need a top left tackle right now, in my opinion, just because of how their quarterback's able to improvise and move around. Now, Again, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Mahomes is 31, 32, and the, and the style of game is different. Then Orlando Brown Jr. is probably getting paid. Um, and there's probably a lot of other things that aren't involved, like Kelsey's not on this team. You know, Juju wouldn't be brought back because the time has, you know, evolved or whatever. But the older Mahomes gets, the more important it is to get that position prime. Right now, I think they're at a point where they're like, we need the top a top like 15 left tackle and we'll find one and pay one or draft one and develop it. But we're not going to pay you because you're not a top five. And I think that's where the conversation pretty much ends every time they're in the board meeting is we want top five money. Cause we're a top five left tackle. No, you're not. We're not paying you that. We don't necessarily need it. Need to pay you that. Okay. So I give it, you said seven, you gave it 20, 1% back. One one percent, one percent, because I won't leave anything at zero. You remember when we 1%. had? Remember when we had Steve Palazzolo on, and we were talking to him about building an offensive line, and he said McKinnon for left tackles. He, he, he said that he thought that you're better off having just like a solid line than you are having a star at any one spot. 
And chasing this star left tackle sounds great. Like going, having Laramie Tunsil or Trent Williams would be awesome. But the Chiefs are clearly taking the hard line stance of, no, we're not going to, if if signing Orlando Brown Jr. means we're not going to be able to re-sign Creed Humphrey next year or Trey Smith next year or restructure Joe Tooney's contract, then we're not going to do it. Would you hang out with Laramie Tunzel? Yes. For sure. Wait, current Laramie Tunzel? <laughs> Maybe like draft day Laramie Tunzel? Yeah, specifically on draft day. <laughs> Coming up in uh, about 12 minutes or so, we'll get into uh, a player that was cut today in the National Football League and what it means for Kansas City. Plus, it, uh, it reminds us just how lucky the Chiefs have been to be as consistent as they are based on what's happening in Philadelphia over the last 24 hours. We'll explain that in just a little bit. Uh, but we, we know yesterday the big news in Kansas City had to do with the Big 12 tournament. Uh, unfortunate health scare there for Bill Self and the Jayhawks. Since we've been off the air, guys, we got the up, another update from KU that uh, Bill Self will not coach the rest of the weekend. We kind of uh, assumed that was likely where it was mm-hmm. headed after the health scare that uh, has him in a hospital. And so he's he's out for the rest of the weekend, and then I'm sure next week there'll be some other update whether or not he'll be available for the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament. And it got you thinking a little bit, though, about the coaches in the city, but from a dominant standpoint. Bill Self, mm. I mean, 17 regular season conference titles and the two national championships for starters. On the other side, you got Andy Reid, right. uh, who is someone, I think, and they both fall in the category of, if I were to tell you both are still coaching five years from now, I don't know if you would take that bet. Okay. Would you? Um, both would still be coaching? I would just because I'm a sucker for the gambling on the other side. Like okay, The safe bet enough. would be to say no because yeah. you'd assume that there's probably another national title for Bill. Could be this year. Kind of screams like fate might be on the side of the, of the Jayhawks to be like, you know, we're going to rally around our, our, our general. Um, and you'd have to think, you know, Reed's going to get one in the next five years. How many do they each need to call today? Like Bill's significantly younger than Andy, right? Um, this little hiccup in Bill's life right now might give him some realization, maybe where his career goes after this. I'm sure. I don't know. I'm again, assuming, but it, it did make me think like who has been, you know, who, their legacies are almost similar, right? Because every year you go into college basketball, who's winning the big 12 always Kansas, right? Every year you go into the national football season, who's winning the AFC West, at least the last seven years, it's been the chiefs, Andy Reed, two titles, Bill self, Two titles. Andy Reid's been to a slew of, of NFC, AFC championship games. Bill Self's been to a couple more Final Fours as well. They're both the guy for their organization, and they're both very well respected by their fan base. How many people, for both of you, probably came to you knowing, A, you went to Kansas, B, you work at 610, C, you're around people that know information, and we're like, is there anything they're not saying about Bill, or is Bill okay, or like, what's yeah, the deal? Yeah, we had people and, come up in our office here yesterday, and as I was walking out the building, Nick, I know, got a bunch of texts from right. people. I think Matt Tate actually nailed it when we had him on where he's like, you know, for a lot of fans, it almost yeah. feels like the coach is part of your, you get so used to seeing sure. and hearing from that coach for decades plus right. that, uh, that it does feel like it's part of your family. I thought Matt was correct on that. Yeah. And I think the thing that, that kind of really got to it is that I put myself in the situation. Like if Andy Reid were to have something where he missed, whether it was like, you know, a health scare or something were to happen, the fan base, I think would react the same. I think a lot of people would have that same emotional attachment where it's like, hey, is, is Andy all right? Like, have you heard anything on Andy Reid? Like, what do you know about Andy sure. Reid? And it's, it's kind of interesting to see, like, in Kansas City right now, you have probably the best coach in college basketball. And in NFL, you have probably the best coach in the NFL, not only because of their legacies of winning 
and consistently winning and winning the title, but because they've captivated an entire fan base with emotion and and just pure all-in mentality. Now, look, they're obviously two completely different sports. Sure. In terms of dominance, I mean, Bill Self, you could argue, has been more dominant, but the way we view this, the leagues are so different. To, to win a, con- a, a right. division in the NFL seven straight times, uh, I, I would argue is far more challenging. And I know yeah. that's, people roll their eyes because 17 conference titles is ridiculous, but there's far more parity in the NFL sure. than college basketball. There just is. Now, I, I, you know, there's a balance somewhere of, no, they don't just roll the ball out in Lawrence and they just automatically win 25 games. Like, no, that's how we make it. See- he makes it look that way, but that's not how damn easy it is. But on the flip side, seven AFC West championships uh, or titles, and, and then you look at just the typical turnover mm-hmm. in the NFL and how it normally goes. We're spoiled right now with the Chiefs where they're making it seem like, oh, yeah, they're going to win 13 games every year and, yeah. and all that. What you know? If you're like, what's more challenging? I would argue, when you have the quarterback that the Chiefs have now, like mm-hmm. that definitely makes life a hell of a lot easier. But look what what the conversation was like heading into this past season. Everybody thought they were going to fall off, maybe lose the division. They won 14 games yeah. and and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and the Jayhawks won the national championship, and now they're damn near about to be the number and, one overall seed again. And try you know the Brett Veach 21 to 22 pick thing. They have, they have to not only find the talent and evaluate, but there's no guarantee that player's there. If you're, you know, college basketball, the setup's, of course, different. You're talking about recruiting. Yeah. Hey, you evaluate, and everybody says this is the number five player in the country. You can do it. Like, you can convince that player, however you got to do, right, to get that player to come there. Yeah. You you can say you love the left tackle we just mentioned at, out of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, what, Ham- Hamilton? I forgot his name already. Uh, Johnson Jr., sorry. Yeah. You can say you like them, but it doesn't matter. You're picking 31. You got you got to go find you got to find a trade partner sure. to even have an opportunity to go draft that guy. Right. So she's such a different setup. Yeah, and I mean, and again, the argument is not sport versus sport. It's more so personality and personality because I think Chiefs fan base is kind of in the same place that the Jayhawks fan base is. I'm not saying that they're the same fan. I'm saying that you're mentally putting yourself every season atop of what your sport is because of who your coach is. And you know every year Bill Self is going to get a point guard, develop them. Just you can go down the list of all of them he's had from Graham to Chalmers to to Dwan Howard right now, or not, uh, Harris, Dwan yeah, Harris yeah. right now, and and all these guys that he's had in his in Sharon Collins that he's developed. And that's kind of his niche. Like he's kind of the, the point guard whisperer, whereas Andy Reid's kind of like the QB whisperer. Like if he gets that right, those teams will be successful. They're Players are always emotional and attached to that coach for the rest of time, just like they are with Andy Reid. So it, it just kind of had me thinking that these guys are are very similar to their sport because of how dominant they are and, and, and the and the resume that they have. Tonight, Big 12 tournament semifinals out at T-Mobile Center. It'll be uh, KU against Iowa State. That's the early game. And then the late game tonight uh, will be uh, Texas against TCU with a trip to the Big 12 title game tomorrow evening on the line uh, for everybody involved. Also today, Missouri Tigers, SEC tourney action. We'll talk a little college basketball coming up at 11 o'clock with C.J. Moore, college basketball writer for The Athletic. But up next, another wide receiver that the Chiefs could have on their radar or at least could consider if they want. And what Philadelphia is dealing with uh, as a reminder, just how difficult it is with what the Chiefs have been doing. Coming up in about eight minutes or so, we'll get into something that I guess we're going to just deal with every single offseason now for quite some time. We'll explain what that is in the NFL in just a little bit. Also, Nick's notable notes about 15 minutes away. But 
Another potential wide receiver. You know, like anytime there's wide receivers over, anytime you have Patrick Mahomes, your quarterback, and wide receivers become available, people sign are going, him, give going him to what say, he wants. Yeah, go ahead and sign him. Yeah. Got to have him. Yesterday, him. we were talking about the trade possibilities, yeah. uh, Dusty of DeAndre Hopkins. Trade for him. Uh, today, it became what was rumored, and it's now official after 10 years, Adam Thielen mm. from the Minnesota Vikings has been released. They're trying to save all kinds of cap space because they're a mess. Mm. 32-year-old. They were trying to get his contract restructured because it was $19.9 million cap hit for a 700-yard wide receiver that's 32 years old. They're going to save $6 million, dead money, $13 million, when they officially uh, release him uh, later on this afternoon, I guess. But Adam Thielen, like, it's, it's, an, it's another name. I think Nick said that he really was interested in possibly uh, bringing him in uh, the other day as well. Like all these, once you start getting above 32, I really have to know, like, is it an incentive-laden contract or not? Like, yeah, yeah I'm not, not, He's going to have plenty of suitors. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an idiot when it comes to teams valuing him, but are you giving him a multi-year deal? I know that I, I'm not. I don't know if anybody's willing to. Can you load up on incentives? The guy's had a fantastic career. He's in, mm-hmm. in the Vikings history. He's their third most receptions and receiving touchdowns in their history. And this is an organization, of course, that had Randy Moss and Chris Carter uh, playing for this. So it tells you the type of success that Adam Thielen has had. But you still got to look at what you're going to get in the future, not paying for what he used to be. And my concern with him is the targets were still there, Dusty. 107 targets last yeah. year. 716 yards. Right. And a lot of his targets came inside the red zone because I know there was a lot of Justin Jefferson fans out there that were pissed that had him on fantasy, which is another reason why they're letting Adam Thielen go because they know that contract is looming large <laughs> and he's going to get paid like – 31 million a year. Probably he's going to get more than Tyreek and he's going to get more than Devante as he should. Um, and he is, he's the best wide receiver in football as of right now. The other thing too, that that is interesting about Thielen with again, like I'm good. I'm not saying or advocating that I need him on the chiefs. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, it, it, I mean, he's going to be similar to like everything else that you see when it comes to this type of situation, veteran receiver, all they got left is a is a Super Bowl ring. Where do they go? They narrow their list to competitors that can be, you know, somewhat Super Bowl bound, which fortunately or unfortunately, the rest of your life is going to be tied to the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward. How many times have you seen it on Twitter? So-and-so is expected to be traded or released. Wide receiver picture present. Next thing, Chiefs. Mahomes needs this. You know, whatever. Um, again, it, it, it it's it's redundant that we do it, but it's, it's gotta be the right price. It's like you said, gotta be incentive. It's gotta be similar to the Juju Smith Schuster contract, right? His was heavily incentive one wasn't year. It? And it bumped it up North of 10 with all these incentives with all the, my, incentives. my worry is I, I wonder if there'll be enough interest to where you're not going to be able to get by with just doing that. That's all I would be interested right. in doing, but I'm wondering if there will be enough suitors where, Oh, he can, no, he doesn't, he doesn't need just right. an incentive laden contract that somebody might be willing to, because Juju's incentive laden contract. A lot of that was, he was hurt almost the entire year before. Yeah. Adam Thielen has been available, right? 17 games this past year. He did only play in 13 the year before, but 15 games a year prior. Like he, he's, for the most part, he, he's giving yeah. you a good amount of games. He's not missing full seasons or anything like that. Right, but the thing with Thielen is that father time has evidently been yeah. present in the last couple of years because it'd be, you know, play a game, catch two passes, something flared up, he's out for the rest of the game. So, yes, it might be saying that he's in 17 games, but I'd like to know what his, like, snap count was, like, before I, and then again, I mean, that takes a whole targets. So yeah. I mean. And that, and that's, that's quite a bit with Justin Jefferson on the other side. Um, but 107 for 700, um, yes. that's a little, a little weird, but again, he's not a big yardage guy. He's a, he's a perfect guy in his career where you need five yards for a first down on third and four. 
boom, that's your guy. That's a target. That's five yards. So again, you said you said yesterday when you come here, you know, a lot of receivers, or maybe it was Nick that said it that you know you're going to have a you know expect twelve yards of reception. It's 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 a wide twelve yards of catch is like the average or eleven yards per play or you know how Mahomes throws it. He's going to throw an average of nine point seven nine point eight yards per an attempt. Can Adam Thielen be that guy? Can DeAndre Hopkins be that guy? Sure, I'm, I'm, I get it, but I mean, it's like, do you want that to be part of your core, or do you want to try to find youth in those positions and let the skill set of your quarterback develop that more so than go get these veteran guys that are good for, you know, maybe not 107 receptions, but probably. Yeah, or, I mean, Thielen is like targets. Thielen is Plan C or something, and the problem is yeah. like Plan A to me is still Juju, and then you pivot to Hopkins or Allen Lazard type. And then Thiel, like Adam Thielen's not coming in, in my opinion, and replacing Juju Smith-Schuster as far as the the, the exact production. I understand Juju mm-hmm. had like 200 yards more, and he also played in, 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 in less games than Adam Thielen played last year. I just don't, I don't, I don't think you can rely at this point on Adam Thielen being your Juju replacement if Juju's not back. Right. So then what is he? Then he's, then he's what MVS is basically. You already have MVS on your team. Yeah. So I just I, I don't really see much use at Adam Thielen personally. No. Unless multiple things go wrong to where you you miss out on multiple targets, you don't like the wide receiver draft class, and you feel like you just need to buy time for another year. I just don't I don't see it. And that's the where I you know I always try to pinpoint the the focus of the argument is this is where the Chiefs have the clout because it's like hey you're a free agent, you want a ring, negotiate with us. We're not going to negotiate with you. And if that's not the way it goes, and that's not the way things tend to be, then it's like, okay, that's fine. We just thought we'd, you know, cause like they always say like chief showed interest in free agent, Adam Thielen. Well, duh. I mean, like they're going to call him and talk to him and say, Hey man, what is it that you, that you're thinking? Like, here's what we're thinking. And you know, that's what it is. So, I mean, it's just whether they're willing to do it, whether they're willing to come on a, on a friendly deal with the chiefs, that's fine. But again, the chiefs don't necessarily need you. You need the chiefs. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. the J Southland toe service text line. Read the top uh, line. Someone says, Hey, so he doesn't make your nipples hard. No, nope. he doesn't. That Alan Lazard, according to one uh, NFL source to uh, who was it? Matthew Barry uh, does make uh, people's nipples hard, but not Adam Thielen. Does it, does that for you? No, no. Okay. Nick, for you, no. Very, very flaccid nipples. Um, I wouldn't say that they're not. It's kind of like when it's a little bit cold, a little bit chilly in your apartment, and yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, you walk into the bathroom, you say, oh, okay, well, those are a little harder than I expected. Uh, but not but not like 20 degrees outside and not been like outside bang, for a while. I'm not yeah. cutting diamonds with these guys. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Not one side's harder than the other. You remember that happened? Oh, yeah. That's weird, I thought. Yeah. It happened a lot in basketball with the mesh right, jersey. Yeah, I'm right-hand dominant, though, so I think that has something to Have do you ever, with like, that. gone for, like, a walk or played basketball when you were younger and you're like, nipples would bleed? Because, yeah, like, the no. there's ba- Some basketball no. players will put tape va- them. Some basketball players will put, like, some Vaseline. I'm dead, dead no, serious. No, I know, yeah. Dead serious, yeah. We yeah. had a guy on our high school team, he wore pasties. <laughs> and got him from his mom. We didn't ever ask any questions. I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. Got him from his mom? We didn't ask any follow-up questions. But he wore them because the mesh of the jerseys at Blue Springs High School would cut his nipples. And he would wear pasties at his <laughs> no, mom. I, did, I definitely know people would have, would put you know, something over or Vaseline or whatever because that's definitely something that would Brutal. happen. Um, meanwhile, elsewhere in the NFL today, what's going on with the Eagles, man? Like th- These are the decisions that get tough, and this is why you got to capitalize when you're there because you don't know. Now, fortunately for them, they got Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract for another maybe year. Yeah, but we're finding out um, why their defense was so good. You look at <laughs> Darius Slay, the Eagles have given his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, permission to seek a trade, according to Diana Rossini. You know, there's reports that, you know, Bradbury may not be back, right? Uh, some other pieces may not be back with that organization, and some dis- decisions are going to have to be made. Uh, and they're still hopeful that they can get uh, – 
Darius Slay back with their organization. But for a team that has a quarterback still on a rookie contract, it's kind of like right after a Super Bowl uh, to, to have multiple pieces potentially mm-hmm. that they could lose. Like there's a chance this is a, a kind of a different look Eagles team defensively. Offensively, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts. I think they'll end up drafting a running back at some point or not a running back, but um, I'll say the running backs uh, are loaded at, at some point, uh, draft another wide receiver to go on top and just keep surrounding Jalen Hurts with weapons. Give three they, might have to, they might have to go build up this defense more. If they're going to lose three, four pieces from this defense. Yeah. The, the list was kind of eye popping. I guess you could see when you saw it on Twitter with all the names that were possibly going to be released or possibly traded or whatever it is. And it's like one, no wonder their defense was so good because they have all these like, talented spots that they can't sign. So they had a, you know, all in type of deal Two, Hey man, can't beat them. Join them. You want to come over here to Kansas city? And well, Brandon Graham was the yeah. name that came up yesterday. Yeah. 34 years old, 11 sacks last year, drafted by Andy Reed relationships there. You saw the, the talent on the field. You got to go hand in hand against it. You got to see a lead at halftime disappear because there's a unicorn at quarterback. So, you know, this is the NFL. This is why salary caps are, are fantastic. Uh, in sports because it makes you really get strategic with it. And luckily the the guy that runs the show in Kansas city is, is a, is a little bit of a wizard when it comes to knowing what you got to do ahead of time, staying one step in front of the other, not getting one step up, two steps back. Uh, Bruce Springsteen song, by the way, off a tunnel of love album in the eighties. But the other thing about <laughs> that is work that, something. In today. Oh, come on, man. And that's the interesting thing is that you're seeing these teams that are successful. Where have the Falcons been right? Like gone. Buffalo Bills are about to experience the same thing unless they get things turned around as well. Everybody, like you said earlier, has kind of caught up to the Bills, right? Everyone's kind of, oh, this was the number one contender for the Chiefs. Not so much anymore. Cincinnati, you're about to be in this bill too. The one thing that's great at the end of the day is when you see teams have to do this. Yes, the Chiefs have Game of Thrones moments. What I mean by that is characters you love get axed. And you're seeing that with Frank Clark. You're seeing that with Orlando Brown Jr. And, you know, but they've at least it's not it, right? five, six, seven players. It's like one or two. They've gone through these tough decisions and Twice. they've come out on a championship end of it yes. already. And, and they're already that, favorites next year. Yeah. And they've been, they, you know, they still went to another Super Bowl. They lost, but they still went to another Super Bowl. How are these other organizations going to handle it? The Chiefs know with their current front office and quarterback and head coach, they can come out just fine. Uh, on the other side and win 14 games after making tough decisions to trade away a wide receiver in Tyree kill, who still is one of the best wide receivers in the league. He had a great year and you had for to get Miami. Of, yeah. That was but, your John snow episode. That was I, like, you know, this is a character that was like, Oh, this guy's future is great. And then the King of the North rises. Good night, Cincinnati. We'll get to Nick's notable notes here in just a couple of minutes, but uh, Scott Zolak oh, who God. does Patriots radio uh, was talking about the rumor that will never die and, and may yeah. just never die in general. Uh, he works for 98.5, the Sports Hub, NBC Sports Boston as well. And he said, quote, Brady may go to Miami. I think that's 100% in play. Okay. This is getting old already. And we're only in the second off season of like potential retirement. Last year, it resulted in Brady coming back very quickly. Yeah, until Brady's dead, I don't think he'll be out of the NFL. It's not even, by the way, this is not even Brady's fault. Like, I'm not even mad. Like, this is not even me. Well, the rumor has to start somewhere. No, but like, Tom Brady, what else is he supposed to do? He came, he did a video on the damn beach and, and he, and he retired. It's not to me even his fault with the rumors, but this is driving me crazy already. And we're only two off seasons into it. Are we going to be sitting here five years from now? And people are still going to be talking about this because it's already annoying as hell. Well, I mean, he's cried wolf too many times, right? There was the whole, I cut a Super Bowl ad to say I'm coming back in the black and white film. 
Then there was, all right, I'm done. It's over. And then, oh, wait, actually, I'm going to go back to Tampa Bay. Um, and then the the next one was, okay, he's going to be a broadcaster. Look, man, like Tom Brady's only done one thing his whole life. And now he's in the middle of a midlife crisis. It's clearly evidently obvious. And the man has gone through some off the field stuff. I truly do believe this theory. I, I, again, I have no truth to it, Okay, but I do believe that he's not doing the Fox thing because he told his family that he was retiring. He then thought maybe there was a chance because he's in love as he should be. The woman that he was married to for the longest time is hotter than donut grease on a Sunday morning at 6 a.m. And I think he tried to make things work for him and his family and his ex. And maybe he got to the realization that it's just not going to happen. And he's already told Fox that he's not joining the booth. So he doesn't want to be bored. He's 45. Again, we've heard the audio. He set records last year passing. He was off a little bit. It wasn't classic Tom. And he had a really good offense. And Mike Evans and Brent and Chris Godwin and, and that Tampa Bay offense that was not necessarily electric as it was the past couple of years, but still with targets. But again, Miami tampered with him last year. And they lost their first round pick. That's why there's only 31 out of 32 this year. Mm-hmm. And now... There's a lot of smoke, and we know the cliche. If there's a lot of smoke, there tends to be a little bit of a fire, whether it's little or large. And Rich Eisen came out of the combine and was like, hey, the number one rumor I heard, not trades, not quarterbacks going in the top, the number one rumor, Rich Eisen, who we all consider credible, who then told Colin Coward, who then went on his air and said, I don't think Tom Brady's done. And Yes, that's fine. Tom Brady might be doing a, a world tour of how relevant can I be still. But again, I'm not even see. So, but yeah, it's I'm not, not blame, over. But I'm not. I'm not. See, like you're, you're like mentioning Brady. I don't think this is like himself driving it. I because well, here's the thing, Dusty. Like you're right that he's he's not doing Fox right away. He said, "Hey, I'm gonna just I want to take it easy for you." That's what he said, which publicly. gives me belief that he told his family he's working on it. I agree. I, yeah. I absolutely think he said, "All right, this has been you know." I, I, unfortunately, I you know I had you know we we went, we went through a divorce, but at least mm-hmm. I want to be there for my kids and all that, and nobody's faulting him whatsoever for that, of course. Right. But I think even if he was doing the Fox, if he came out and said, "I'm doing Fox broadcasting mm-hmm. next year." People would still be saying that's my point is like he could I don't think there's anything until he literally is physically not able to do it uh, at all anymore that people will buy it. because if I told you he's doing week one NFL on Fox this year, which he's mm-hmm. not, but if he was, I don't think that would be like, oh well, okay, now we're totally done because I people think it can would. leave because people can leave the broadcast booth in a heartbeat. But Man, we've then, seen coaches do it before. But players don't. Well, players usually don't have a three hundred million dollar broadcast right. contract. And so that's why I would disagree general. a little bit to that because then he actually has something that fills the void. Right now, Tom Brady doesn't have anything that fills that void. And if, in fact, he did go try to rescue the family and it didn't work and she was like, no, Tom, well, it's I mean, over. Divorce has already been final. Sure. That was, to, me, that was, to me, that was last offseason, Dusty. Yeah. To me, last February, well, he ben was and trying Jalo to Well, Ben and got divorced it. and they got remarried, <laughs> so and he looks thrilled. Years later, though. Uh, yeah, sure. Years later. But what I'm saying is that I just don't think <laughs> – I just don't think Tom Brady can hang it up again. Like let's say, and again, you're not Tom Brady. You're much better looking, but let's say that, let's say that you go 40 years in radio and you're 60 and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm done. I've, I've done my job. And then you go home for like six weeks and you're like, this sucks. (laughs) You're like, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden somebody locally is like, Hey, you want to get back into it? We lost a guy. He's whatever you go. You know what? I don't think I'm done. I think I could still rip some takes about sports and gambling and all this stuff. Tom Brady, same oh, thing. I, I don't Never know. done anything else in his life. It's over. He's he's doing retirement beaches on the sand or retirement speeches on the sand where people are offering the sand 
on, you know, whatever the internet. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, my wedding or my life and my, my marriage is officially done. I know that right. I've solidified it. It is not happening, Jack. And then it's like, but I told Fox, I'm not doing it. I can't go do that to them and say, actually, Greg, what, step guess, aside. What, at what point, though? Because my thing is, I don't, I don't fault Tom Brady at all, but the rumors, sure. at one point where you finally like, all right, I don't even, the rumors is ridiculous. Is he, does he have to be 50 years old? He said he would play till he's 50. I know. I was like, does he have to be 50? Yeah, because if he sits out for three years in a oh, row, are man. people still going to actually buy into it? It's crazy to are me. Are the kids that are growing up right now, do you think, is the first quarterback to ever play into his 50s alive yet? First quarterback to play. Oh, um... I actually think it's going to be less. Like I actually think Brady would, would have been the last guy that possibly would ever You're do saying it. Thirty years from now? No, but I'm saying that Tom Brady to me would, would have been the last. Like the, he's the last one that ever had a chance to do it. I don't believe the new generation because of the money that's involved in the sport. And I, I don't think we'll see anybody even get to 44 and play. Oh, Trevor, yeah, Trevor I think, Lawrence might do it because he's a he's like a, a robot. The money's insane. I mean, the money's only going to keep growing. I, I don't believe that there will be quote unquote the ins- unless you're in the Mahomes category where you think you're chasing a ring to try to break a record and become the goat. If you're just a guy that's a Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah. even oh. well, I don't think they're playing until they're fifty. When Tom Brady didn't even do it. If man. we live long enough to like make it to our nineties, I think we will see a quarterback play into their sixties. The reason why sixties. The, the reason why I say sixties. The reason why I say no on fifty, even because you're assuming that at, like athleticism and training is going to improve. That also means that also means the twenty five year old is going to be even better. Yeah, but. You know, what if I mean, hey, maybe the, maybe 60 is the new 40, but you better write something down. Nick's notable notes. Wow, that was maybe your best one yet. <laughs> You're welcome. You Dave. nailed that. You Dusty, nailed that. Dusty, Dusty loves that. He he loves the I intro. Do. I he do. does. I want to steal the, it for after hours. Gets the little <laughs> falsetto in there. It's really nice. I could rock a karaoke stage if you ever want to see it. If somebody <laughs> asked me something earlier this morning. It was Bob Fesco, actually. Okay. That guy's Bob Fesco, host of Fesco in the Mornings yeah. here on Sixteen Sports Radio. That's why it's called that. And he asked me about the state of college basketball. Bill Self now with Coach K gone, Roy Williams gone, mm-hmm. Jay Wright's gone. Yeah, He really is the face of college basketball. College mm-hmm. basketball's it, it, always it, been defined by the coaches, and he is the best one going, right? It's yeah. him and Tom Izzo. Those are the only two coaches' names that I can, like, for top of mind right away. Self and Izzo. Calipari's right there still, I would argue, but they're struggling right now. Calvin th- Sampson. Those are the three coaches. Yeah, Calvin's doing a great job down in Houston, but, but Everywhere it, it's, he self, goes. it's self and it's Izzo because those two guys have been at the same place for so long. What's it going to be like in 10 years, though, Ooh. when all these guys are gone? Because there is no incumbent. There is no guy that you're pointing to and saying, oh, they're going to be good for the next 25, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, we thought Shaka was going to kind of fill that void, and he failed miserably. We thought Chris Beard was going to yeah. be one of those guys. Brad we Stevenson thought- would have been, but he made the yeah. jump from NBA coach to immediate GM, and now the Celtics are the best so team in the that East. Kind of, that's kind of why I He's bring it good. up. Is that... It, it, are we seeing the end of the era of coaches defining college basketball? Well, college we... basketball is dying. You really think so? I do. And I think it will slowly die even more and more until it changes. So you think name, image, and likeness is actually a bad thing? No, me? I think it's a good thing. I think the style of play is what's dying. And okay. I think that the fact that, that you can have NIL, I think that's bigger for college football than it is college basketball, unfortunately, because I think Grady Dick could play for four years in Lawrence, Kansas, be a... a a senator in that town make a ton of money, but he's still going to go to the NBA next year. See, that's what I wonder, though. If if we were to fast forward 10 years and NIL continues to grow and these schools and teams have plans in place that they didn't have three years ago, could the money get to the point where it does entice guys to stick around school? And if that does, 
could we see an era of college basketball where much like it is in the NBA or all professional sports, they are defined by their star players. If you're not, you know, a for sure lottery pick. Yes. And so there's still a lot of very talented players that are, you know, first round projections, mm-hmm. but they're not a lottery pick. Who's the, the Kentucky player, the Shibway, right? He's making over a mil on NIL, I believe at Kentucky this year. And he could, of course, gone and got drafted. And unfortunately for him, I will say he's not having as good of a year. As. <laughs> so in a way, this is an example of that can also backfire on you yeah. in a big way because he he's not been the same type of player that he was towards the end of uh, towards the end You're of like, the show. What's Timmy making in Gonzaga for NIL? That guy's 30 years old. And he's yeah. going to he come back. cutting spots for a casino. Last he's year. coming back yeah. next year, too. Is that not unreal to you guys? That's the death, and the text line says it. That's the death of college basketball. It's like, that that can happen. Also, two halves, the fouls, the time. Like, just make it four quarters. Change up the uh, – it's the only basketball – like – Yeah, the quarter we, thing would – I mean, it the, would the women's it. game has already done that. I do think at some point the men's game will go to four quarters as well. I do think we're probably five, six years away from that happening. But I don't know, man. I, to your point, though, like, you got to give it time. But as dominant as Bill Self has been in, in college basketball, like, it's hard to kind of find coaches that can – Kind of step that up. Somebody says Scott Drew. I mean, eh. Somebody says Mark Few out of Gonzaga, but like no championships. No, no Few, yeah, it's Mark Few's been as stable as they come to. And he had a really good acting career. career. They play at 9 o'clock at night versus yeah. Pepperdine. Right. Nobody's and, watching. Yeah, and, and he spent half his career as an actor as Kevin Bacon. Now he goes by Mark Few. Don't tell me they're not the same person. You've never seen Mark Few and Kevin Bacon in the same room. I mean, Kevin Bacon's You've never seen Kevin Bacon and Mark Few in the same room. I mean, it's a eh. a little bit. I'll give yeah. you a little bit. I'll no, give it's, you a, it's there. I'll also uh, give you a little trimmer, bit. <laughs> not Trimmer's Kevin Bacon, but that one where he's like a creepy spirit and like goes in and like ghost. Does, oh, that's it's Patrick not, Swayze. No, Patrick Swayze's good. Oh, mentioning Bob Huggins. Oh, the Invisible Man. Yeah. A lot of people mentioning Bob Huggins as well. But Huggy again, if he's in the Hall of Fame, but, he, but, but none of these guys not, are on the same level of yeah. Coach K, no, no, no. Roy Williams, no. those sorts. Bob Huggins Hall of Famer, but you're talking about like all you know. It's weird because if you're a Hall, if you're I'm Hall talking of Famer, about the face yeah. of college yeah. basketball, it's, it's, it's always been the coaches. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, it's yeah. Bill Self and it is Tom Izzo and John Calipari would be the three the like biggest faces. I would us. I would say as well because they have mainstay, they have name recognition. Yeah. They are there year in and year out, and the only way you change that is if you somehow convince the best players to do, do, do the same thing, to stick in year in, year out, which at least over the last yeah. 10, 15 years just hasn't been the case. Those are Nick's notable notes. We'll talk some more college basketball. C.J. Moore, college basketball writer for The Athletic. We'll ask him that same question about where college basketball is headed, the latest on Bill Self in Kansas, and what does Missouri need to do to move up the seed line today? You're listening to Cody and Gold. Please, 